Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pinstripe Perspective podcast. Today, we'll be doing episode three of Clubhouse Talks. If you are unaware of what I'm talking about, what I'm referring to is a room that myself and my colleague and friend, buddy, whatever you want to call him, Cameron Toe and I host every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time on the Clubhouse app. Basically, we open up a room. We have a bunch of people come in, mostly Yankees fans, and we record the conversation. Usually lasts about 45 minutes to an hour. And in this specific episode, we spoke Garrett Cole as the AL Cy Young, how the Yankees should manage their bullpen in September and going into the playoffs, as well as, you know, trying to catch the Rays or really caring about not playing Chris Sale in a wildcard game. The beauty of this room is that we had a lot more people in it than the last two times. We're hoping to continue to have this grow and really become a place where Yankees fans can come and provide their takes and feel and, you know, feel that their voices are being heard and literally hear their voices on this podcast every single Friday as what we do is record these rooms and put them on this uh, put this, put them on this podcast and, and, and release it for everyone to hear. Um, so if you want to get involved, download the Clubhouse app, join MLB on CH. It'll have a little hand with a baseball next to it. And get involved every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We also have baseball conversations every single day. We have current events rooms. We have rooms of, you know, head-to-head battles like today's Ken Griffey versus Barry Bonds. We have overrated, underrated rooms. Lots of great stuff going on there every single day that you won't want to miss. So without further ado, I hope you uh, enjoy this episode. We had a lot more voices. We even had some non-Yankee fan voices, which made it a little interesting. But it's always nice to get a different perspective sometimes. So yeah, I uh, hope you all enjoy the episode. And I will talk to you on Monday. Welcome, everyone, to the third installment of MIY Takes on MLB on CH. My name is Cameron Toe. I am part of the MLB on CH Collective that we do every day here on Clubhouse, and I am happy to be joined by another member of MLB on CH, as well as a writer, contributor, and podcast host of Pinstripe Perspective, Robert Coles. Coles, how are you doing today? I am doing well after a very rainy and flood-filled night in New York City. We have gotten a beautiful day of weather here today. Um, really, really feels like football weather and, and almost playoff baseball weather, might I add. So, you know, lots of positivity this morning after a lot of rain. Yeah, to those in the area who were affected by the flooding last night, we hope everything is okay and hope that it isn't too bad. Um, Kendall, I know you're out in New Jersey and you guys got hit pretty hard too. Yeah, I have a wet basement this morning, but um, it's not too bad. So I'm shedding no tears over here. I live in Detroit, so I know all about flooding, bro. We had that about so far going on two months. Yeah, um, but glad to hear everyone's doing okay. And we will start off today by asking the question that we ask everyone. Yankees fans, are we happy? Negative. Let's see how we're reacting to 
that that that, that four game losing streak, man, that that set me back a little bit. I'm glad we won last night, but uh, I think we're starting to fall back into old habits. There were winnable games. That was uh, that's what got me real upset against Oakland miscues against Oakland errors, and then uh, the Angels are just man one mistake after another. We're up, and then home runs happen by the Angels. They're all winnable games, but we didn't close it out. I'm just glad Gary Cole won yesterday. I mean, he looked like the ace that he is. Yeah, I think I think it's on us right now. Uh, we just gotta win games, man. Like every every game you lose for whatever reason costs time and a half or double, considering that bad streak we had, you know, earlier this year. And you can't just go back from it or just catch up or just secure your spot in the postseason in a different way than just winning every single uh, series you have ahead. So um, it's good that the team changed. It's good that we had that really beautiful 13-game uh, streak. And, and then all of a sudden we have a four games lost in a row and everything looks different. So um, we just cannot afford to you know any any significant breathing room so to speak uh, we just gotta win every series we got we gotta go for it no matter how good or bad the team plays the results have to be put to secure our spot in postseason and then you know go from there we just can't worry about uh in regards to the title of today's conversation uh the race seemed like uncatchable um which is fine we can just go through the route of the wild card and um chris sale might not be there uh, at this point i know about a week ago or so we we're talking about chris sale against gary cole in a wild card game that might not happen um and turning into a little bit of positivity uh we might not need uh that last series against the race so we might that might be positive in the sense that we don't have to use gary cole last week of the season uh, to try to catch up, catch the race in the first place. We can just use him in the wildcard game that we, at that point, hope to be sure we're going to be playing. And we'll see who we play against. But we got to win games. The way I look at it, um, you know, with the topic of catch the race with Dodge Chris Sale, uh, I know I'm in another clubhouse. It's the Yankee fan club. So we were talking about it. And this was... And this really makes perfect sense. Okay, we're at September 1st right now. We played the last three games in October, 1st to 3rd. We play against Tampa in New York. The way I look at it, if we're down three games going into that series, home against Tampa, each game, you know, if let's say we beat Tampa, then we can, what's it called? Um, if we're up three games beating Tampa, we tie the series, that's different, and we're fighting for the division. But let's say... You know, we're up, uh, we're down three games. We lose that first game. That's where you know where you shut it down and uh, you don't use Cole throughout the series and um, you wait, uh, you use him for the wild card. It just depends on where the Yankees are at before the last three games versus Tampa. That's the way I look at it. And Chris Sale is going to be there because I do believe. The way it's going right now, I mean, um, Boston could be there. Maybe Oakland catches fire in this last month. I've seen it 
been watching years of baseball. Oakland gets hot in uh, September. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride, but I'm just explaining the scenario. If the Yankees are, um, we got to see uh, how many games they're back from Tampa before we face them, and that that will decide. So for three games out, we play that three game series. We lose that first one, then we, we shut everybody down. We we pitch Gary Cole in the wild card, and let's say we keep on winning, winning, and we tie, and we're ready to play for the division. You know that's different. So that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a, um, a very similar opinion on this um, as you do, Luis, which is you can only, at this point, worry so much about what Tampa does or what, or what the Red Sox are doing. Because at the end of the day, what probably matters most for this team is locking down, at the very least, a home wild card game. And the only way to really do that is to continue focusing on winning your own games. And then, you know, if Tampa slides or if Boston uh, keeps winning or slides or whatever happens is kind of out of the team's control. And the, the main focus, I agree with you, should just remain, you know, win games and good things will happen. And if you get momentum going to the playoffs, whether or not you're a division team or a wild card team, you know, you still have worst case scenario, a home wildcard game at Yankee Stadium, which this Yankees team has experienced with in the past. And, you know, not to mention have Garrett Cole, who will probably end up being the AL Cy Young this year. So regardless, I think, you know, the main the main thing to care about in the month of September for the Yankees isn't so much other teams and chasing other teams, but it's staying on track and just hoping the Yankees continue to add wins. We are talking about the Yankees' recent difficult stretch on the West Coast splitting with the A's over the weekend and losing two or three to Shohei Otani's Angels. Over the last three days, there's an off day today as they're traveling home. But the main concern is that the Tampa Bay Rays are winning at the same clip as this team has been over the last month. And so Cole's actually earlier this week on the Pinstripe Perspective podcast debated to himself um, whether he wants to have the team's focus on catching the Rays in the division or if you just want to focus on getting our ducks in a row and avoiding playing Chris Sale in a wildcard game. The Rays won two of three against Boston um, over the last week after sweeping the Orioles. So it sounds like the room is leaning towards giving up on trying to catch the Rays and making sure that the team is ready for Garrett Cole's start in a one-game playoff. Are there any other thoughts on this matter for those of you who have just joined the stage? Taylor, Ian, anyone else? Yeah, I definitely want to weigh in. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, I was um, I was just hosting a show myself the last four hours and talking about this topic in particular about what should the Yankees do. And when you're the Yankees, you have that first wild card spot, but you need to, you know, keep that wild card spot without draining and overusing some of your bullpen options, which is going to unfortunately be the case. So. I think catching the Rays would almost be a waste because they just keep rolling seven games back. And I think just keeping this wild card spot, it's going to be tough too because there's a lot of teams still in the hunt. Oakland, don't even count with the Blue Jays. There's only, they're only four and a half out, last time I checked, which was like a couple hours ago. And then, you know, you still have the Seattle Mariners are still behind the Red Sox and Yankees for that wild card spot. So it's going to be a dogfight, which is – as Yankee fans and baseball fans, this is what we want in September. We want a lot of action. But to Cole's point and his debating himself, I definitely would 
rather the Yankees just continue to go for this wild card and not try getting the Rays because it's not going to happen. I agree with what Taylor's saying. Um, I think the Yankees are far enough back right now where the only chance in hell they would have hypothetically of winning the division is they basically need to win. They would need to sweep. I don't even know how many series they have left against, against you know, they have Boston, they have sweep Tampa, Tampa Bay in the last series. They would take a, take a country miracle, miracle for, them, for them to win. Um, I do feel confident, though, that they could maintain their, their position right now through the rest of the season to maintain that number one uh, wild card spot. Um, but I just don't see them taking the division right now. The, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are way too hot right now. Um, and I can't see the Yankees catching them right now. As much as I want to say that they, they will, which, you know, the, the diehard Yankee fan of me is trying to be as optimistic as possible. It's just I don't see it happening. All right. As a lot of people just joined us, welcome once again to MYY Takes on MLB on CH. We are the number one place for baseball on this app. And every Thursday at 11 a.m., we get into the meat of things with the New York Yankees. My name is Cameron Tell. I am joined every week by my co-host, Robert Coles of Pinstripe Perspective. We are both members of this club, MLB and CH. We talk baseball every day. And as I said, we talk Yankees every Thursday at 11 a.m. We are presented by Standing Room Only. Please give us a follow on Twitter at SRO Baseball. We do a daily video series called Red Eye Rundown with our friend and colleague, Will Kay, who is on the stage right now. And we post highlights from that. We do hope you have some time to check it out and hope you enjoy it. This room will also be posted as a full episode of the Pinstripe Perspective podcast. So if you want to hear yourself talk about the Yankees, if you want your friends to hear you talk about the Yankees, if your friends want to talk about the Yankees and hear them on the internet, please invite them to this room, download Clubhouse, join us every Thursday, and we have a lot of fun doing that. We are talking about the Yankees' chances of catching the Rays right now, and it seems like we're not very optimistic here. And... I want to dive into that a little bit further and maybe get some perspective from non-Yankees fans in the room as well. The Yankees, as we all know, went on a 14-game winning streak earlier this month. And even with that incredible pace of winning, they barely made up any ground on the Rays, who have been winning pretty much at the same clip. So besides the fact that the Rays are so good, the juggernaut Yankees, why are we giving up on them with 30 games left in the season, more or less? I'm not going to give up, uh, to be honest. I've seen it happen and. I know for pe- I know for people, you know, Tampa's on a roll, but guys, there's a there's a month left. Anything could happen. What we're seven games out? Yeah, we could still catch it. Anything could happen, guys, in a series. And especially in this month. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna give up on the division. I'd rather fight for the division than fight for the wild card. Because, you know, us as Yankee fans, okay, we do well in wild cards, but but what happens always in the next round? I mean, that's the way I look at it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna settle for less and go for a wild card. No, I want the AL East. I want the best record in, uh, in the American League. That I'm, I'm shooting for it. And no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that uh, we should just go for the wild card. No, I, my, my chances. I'm taking my chances. I think we could catch the Rays. Um, it was a month left, and a lot can happen. I still believe they could win the AL, uh, AL East. So, so seven games is, is, is a lot to make up in 29 games. Um, I'm not saying that you're not shooting for the division. That's obviously always your goal to do. But just looking at it, you know, 29 games left, making up seven games is is very tough task, especially when, you know, right now the Rays are playing, you know, they're, they're finishing up with Boston today and then they get lowly Minnesota and then they get Boston again, who's kind of who's still in the middle of this COVID outbreak. And then they get Detroit, Toronto, Detroit, Toronto. I mean, they have they have some teams that they 
you expect them to take two out of three from um, in most of their series. You know, Tampa Bay is not playing terrible. They're they're nine and one in their last ten. Um, so sure, you know, you, you want to go for for the division lead, but you know, realistically, you just want to play your best baseball and get into the playoffs. You know, if if you have Garrett Cole p- pitching like he did last night, he's the guy that you're going to have pitching in that wild card game. Uh, and then you go from there. But uh, I, I do think that it's too late for the Yankees to come back seven games, seven games out. Yep. Yeah, Oakland did it. Oakland did it twice, guys. They did it two years in a row. There were 10 games out. Ten. We're just seven. There were 10 games out two years in a row. I, it's not these previous two years, but in the previous baseball season, there were 10 games out. They came into September, and they won the AL West. So uh, that's why I. it's not over until it's over until the last game of the year. That's the way I look at it. Seven games not a I know everybody's going to say seven games a lot, but guys, there's 29 games left. Seven games actually is not a lot. You can make up ground. It might sound I'm repeating what I just said, but it's more, regardless of what your goal is, which we all know, like for, you know, any team that's fighting for a playoff spot, you, you obviously want to win your division because you don't want to face a situation in which you have a crap shoot and then you lose one game, you're out. But more than the actual goal of winning the division or making the playoffs on a wild card spot, Again, you just have to look at yourself as the team and look for that consistency that you haven't had lately. You can't lose a three-game series against the Angels. Like That's just totally not good. And more than that, looking the way you have looked, where you one day look like a incredibly slogging team, very powerful, almost like unbeatable in, from an offensive uh, standpoint, and then you look like total crap the next day. So... You have to, I think, as a team, the Yankees have to look at themselves and try to find that consistently they haven't had and then see what happens. You know, they have a a pretty good schedule coming up as far as the teams they're facing. They're facing Baltimore twice. They're facing Boston, Toronto twice. They're facing Cleveland and Texas, which they can just get fat on them. But if they don't have that consistency and they don't make that happen, they don't win those series, then it's not going to happen. And if they win those series, then they can look around and see, oh, let's see what happened with the Rays and the and the Red Sox that they faced each other. The Red Sox gained ground on both of us or did the Rays just finally bury them? We're going to play probably against uh, Oakland or are we close to the race? But that's after we actually find the consistency we need and we win those series. We're going to win every series coming up. Yeah, so they yeah, do look- have an easier schedule than the Rays, uh, I think going forward and I think it'll be interesting to see because the the last series of the season is between the Yankees and the Rays uh, right so if the Yankees are within two games and they got a sweep that'll be probably one of the more exciting it'll be like a playoff series that'll be one of the more exciting series we'll get to see this year the Yankees going down the stretch need to be very careful on how they use their their pitching Um, I kind of voiced this opinion um, the last couple of rooms I've been in talking about what's their direction and what they're going to do it all depends on honestly how the month of september goes if, if like we're in the second week of september and the rays are clearly ahead and the yankees have a substantial lead in the wild card then they can be relaxed on the pitching but we're going to be seeing a lot of use in loisaga and chapman and a lot of chad green and as much as i hate to say it i think using a guy like loisaga a ton could really hurt him down the stretch if the Yankees can go far in the postseason, which I don't think they will. I know this is being a Yankee room here, but I'm just giving my my take here. I think the Yankees do win the wild card game, but they get absolutely smoked by any of these three teams because not because of the offense. The offense can can 
do their own thing. It's the pitching that I'm worried about. After Garrett Cole, who the hell is going to throw out there? Nestor Cortez is going to be a game two starter, a game three starter against a Chicago White Sox team or an Astro team. You know, it's going to, there's a lot of things that need to weigh in this next month for this Yankee team. Yeah, Taylor, you bring up a good point because if the Yankees are, because we're talking about whether or not they, we want them to catch the Rays or, you know, we only care about avoiding the Red Sox and Chris Sale in a wildcard game. Because if you are going to be chasing the Rays down in the division, and if you are going to be, you know, a game out, two games out with five games left, you're going to end up spending a lot of those bullpen pieces. You're going to end up using Loisaga and, and Chad Green and, and Chapman and Clay Holmes and all these guys as if those last five games of the season are playoff games. And I agree with you because then you go into a wild card game, one with a spent bullpen, and then if you win that game, you're moving on to the American League Division Series with that same spent bullpen. And then I don't know how much I trust the starting rotation behind Garrett Cole anymore. I mean, we've seen Jamison Tyone get completely knocked around in his last three starts. He has three good innings. And then when runners get on base, he starts to melt down a little bit. Not sure what's really happening there. And Jordan Montgomery is good, but he's looked a little weaker since coming off the COVID IL. You don't really know totally what you're going to get out of him in a playoff series. And I think what you would see is a lot of like piggybacking in a playoff series. So you would see Montgomery and then Tyone, and then you would see something like Severino and then Heaney or Severino and Kluber, Kluber and Heaney, whatever it may be, which is a little shaky and which is why it's so important to have that bullpen rested up for the playoffs. Because if the Yankees are going to make a deep run this season, it's going to be on the arms that are in that bullpen. Yeah, I agree with what Taylor said. It's, but at the same time, it raises a question in my head as a fan and as a baseball fan in general. So the more you expose your bullpen, the more or the higher the chances that they're going to get hit and they're going to get tired and you're going to pile up innings on them. But at the same time, if they're not sharp, like Chad Green has shown he's not, you know, the Chad Green he was two or three years ago, you know, Loisiga has, has done really great. But, you know, uh, in order to find that consistency, you have to go out and pitch. Uh, so... It'll be kind of like, I don't know how to how to accurately describe it, but it's like you need to go out and pitch, but at the same time, you have to not be overexposed with your bullpen. So that's the the million-dollar question right there. How to handle that bullpen down the road in this month to not fall into, okay, they've seen Chapman. Chapman's the best example. Like He's been the most erratic one of, on the bullpen, and that's the most needed weapon, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's what games. that's what Boone's had such a hard time with lately is how to deal and how to manage the bullpen. It's been a really and there's not only the bullpen but the rotation. We're seeing, you know, he's keeping guys in too long. We saw Kluber is front and center in his first start back, and he got absolutely. Uh, it was embarrassing because he should have been taken out when he was supposed to. Which is, I think the third inning, and you kept him there too long. And he gets rocked, and the Yankees have a rough game throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of that game. So it's um, it's definitely a a situation that Boone's definitely had a hard time with through his career as a Yankee. And what was nice last night watching Cole pitch, we saw an ace front and center, and that sixth inning is 101 pitches. He looks at Boone, shakes his head. I'm not going out. I'm not. You're not taking me out. You're not taking me out. Goes back out there, shoves another inning, helps the Yankees bullpen for an extra inning. And that's what you need at a Cole for that wild card game. But like I said before, 
having Jamison Tyon or Montgomery or Nestor Cortez pitch that game two or game three, whatever, it's going to be really, really shaky. Or that game one, excuse me, uh, going forward into the playoffs. But uh, I'd rather see Chris Sale, Cole, wildcard game. You talk about eyes and nationally broadcast. That's going to be a nice, nice game to watch. But that's exactly why I think Luis Hill needs to be up with the team right now with uh, slight roster expansions for September. I think we have to see more from this young pitcher because if if he is the real deal from what we've seen in the last three starts, then maybe he's your number two guy. You can more rely on him for come playoffs uh, versus you know, having to rely on Nestor Cortez or Montgomery or, you know, I think Tyone in, in a in a game two situation is actually totally fine, but it's more that game three. And then also on top of that, it's whether they make it past the wild card game in the first place, because I, I'm also of the opinion that r- regardless of what the Yankees can do right now and regardless of how well they play, uh, you know, we just saw them go on a massive winning streak and they were still five games back of the Rays at the end of it. So it, it seems like it's, it's, it's not as much as it would be nice. It seems like it's not necessarily possible for them to catch the Rays at this point and got to start focusing on Chris sale in that wild card. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. agree with you, but uh, William and, you know, you guys got and Tyler Taylor. Uh, yeah. Louise Hill. I, I do believe, he needs to come up. And plus, you got to look at the other injuries, too, like guys like Domingo Herman, Luis Severino. I don't know if Severino's on track, but I heard about Domingo Herman. He could be on track. I mean, for for the month of September, I'm just hoping they can get the guys healthy, especially on the pitching staff. We got Glaber coming back. I hope Gio's, Gio Urshelo's okay with his uh, hand soreness. Um, for me, it's just not to wear out the bullpen going into the playoffs. That's my concern. Like, we know Garrett Cole, when he pitches, we need him to go seven or eight innings and just let it go to Loisaga or Chapman. Everybody's saying that the Yankees are going to get smoked even if they win the wild card. And I, I don't see that. I don't. I, I, I really don't. I think you can completely count on Luis Hill coming, especially with 20 games in a row coming up starting uh, today. Uh, no off days. I think there's like two or three days off in the whole month of September. So... You can 100% count on Luis Heal coming in a six-man rotation, five- or six-man rotation. You can probably count on Michael King, who just started rehab in AAA, um, coming up in a couple weeks, maybe in a week or so, plus Severino and Herman, who can just piggyback, like Taylor said. So welcome again to MYY Takes on MLB on CH. We are presented by Standing Room Only. Please give us a follow at SRO Baseball on Twitter. There are 250 of you in the audience right now. We all know you love the Yankees just like we do up here on the stage. So don't be shy. Raise your hand. We'll get you up here and let you express your opinion. We don't bite contrary to what you might believe. So if you have something to say, please raise your hand because we want to hear from you. This is a platform for fans to talk to fans about their favorite team. So we do hope that if you want to participate, you feel free to do so. I want to talk a little bit about Garrett Cole, as Taylor and others did previously. Last night, to me, solidified his status as what Brian Cashman called him when he first signed, the White Whale. Seven innings, Four hits, one run, 15 strikeouts. 
And what really struck me is that this was the performance of the Ace. This is a performance on a level of, it's funny that today is the 20 year anniversary of Mike Messina's one hit shutout against the Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. Like Taylor said, the sixth inning concluded and Cole was over 100 pitches. I thought, okay, great performance. We got what he we needed out of him. Not like a performance that is typical of a top-level ace, but he got the job done. But he came back out for the seventh, mowed down the Angels once more, and then solidified his performance as the ace, and now the American League signing favorite. Are we backing him for that? Are we backing Garrett Cole not only as the ace of the Yankees, which we all do as fans, but are we backing him as the best pitcher in the American League this season? He has gotten over whatever spider tack issues he had before, clearly. And now, every time he takes a mound, we can count on him to deliver a quality start. How do we feel about Garrett Cole? Uh, I think that if he doesn't win Cy Young, it's an absolute robbery. He has pretty much every counting stat that there is in the AL. He's like in the leader, at least top three. I mean, his ERA is down to... Not sure, like two seven. I haven't exactly looked. I think he leads the AL in strikeouts. He's on a winning team, a playoff team, more importantly, which cannot be said for I guess like a Robbie Ray, who in my opinion is the runner up. Lance Lynn doesn't really come even close besides in anything besides ERA, and he's been getting shelled here and there. I think if Cole doesn't win this Cy Young, plus this is a makeup for him from twenty nineteen when Verlander took his Cy Young, so I'd lock it in right now. Obviously, there's still a couple starts to go, but Garrett Cole's had far and away the best season out of any AL starting pitcher there is. Yeah, I think what he's been able to accomplish this year is just phenomenal. But I, I guess the only thing, and I, I do think he will ultimately win the Cy Young this year, but the only thing I will push back on is I, I don't I don't know if last night solidified him as the white whale. I think he was solidified as the white whale uh, before uh, that start last night, I, I would say in the playoffs last year, he just he would go out and you know maximum give up one run per playoff performance, and it would just run into some issues with the team not providing offense. But all you can ask for of an ace of a high caliber team like this is if you can go out there, pump ten plus strikeouts, and only give up one or two runs. You've done your job. You've you've done the job of an ace. And, you know, he is getting paid a significant amount of money to be that ace in New York. But that's the whole reason that they signed him. And, you know, we just saw more of a glimpse of that last night. And we just hope that he can carry that over to the playoff. So I'll push back a little bit just because you guys are, you know, giving him so much credit. I do think that he's up there. I just think it's neck and neck right now. And I think it's just going to depend on what happens the last few starts for each of these guys. I, I do agree that it's between Cole and, and Robbie Ray. I'm, I'm a White Sox fan. I know Lance Lynn doesn't have the strikeout numbers. He's pitched, you know, 20, 20 innings less than those guys. But looking at all the stats between Cole and, and Ray, they are pretty much identical. You know, Ray's pitched a few more innings, has one less K per nine innings, but he also has 0.7 more war than um, than Garrett Cole. So I, I really just think it's going to go down to the last few starts for these guys, and and uh, and we'll see what happens there. Whoever whoever pitches well the last three starts or so um, is going to get it. I think the beauty of Garrett Cole this season is that we've, to a degree, 
been able to because remember when the sticky stuff crackdown happened he was one of those first pitchers interviewed and actually gave a pretty bad answer it seemed like he wasn't really that prepared for the question and and he basically said like yeah everyone uses it i use it whatever and then he kind of became for a second there the, the the poster boy of spider attack for starting pitchers and what i love about cole is that he clearly is able to step up when he feels like there's something that he needs to prove to people and and that can be that can be a flaw at the same time but he's really good at stepping up to the big moment and saying i have something to prove and i think a motivated garrett cole is the best version of him and the way that he's been able to kind of bounce back from that negative press that he had for about a week there and just put the noise on the back burner and just focus on continuing to be the great pitcher that he is and just prove people wrong is worth something. Because remember, right after that sticky stuff crackdown, he had a couple bad starts. He had a bad start against the Mets at Yankee Stadium. And the murmurs were there. But since then, he's really kind of locked it up and been able to turn the season around and is now the front runner for AL Cy Young. So I think there's a lot to be said for his ability to kind of pitch through distractions yeah Coles just to piggyback off that a bit uh, I remember when the whole sticky stuff situation originally came out and I remember we were talking about uh, how this was going to be a defining moment for him because he handled that press conference so poorly Uh, if he was gonna you know continue the year with lackluster performance like he was just going to be the face of the sticky stuff situation forever versus you know couple bad starts but he really was able to turn it around and I think a lot of it came to uh with the whole Josh Donaldson situation when Josh Donaldson was in front of the press box and was chirping Garrett Cole and then Garrett Cole went out there and struck him out so uh, it's just like I I couldn't agree more he he's a man of motivation he came to New York because he wants to get a ring and, you know, hopefully that happens and hopefully he's able to lead this club along along with who, uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who's also extremely hot right now uh, between the two of those guys. You know, hopefully that's enough to make some noise in this playoff pick. Yeah, for me, Cole is one of my favorite players in the game right now, not necessarily for what he does on the field, because we all know how good he is. But like it has been said before, Garrett Cole plays the game for the right reasons. And it seems to me that from the way he has handled this whole spider tech situation, and especially as it pertains to reacting to Josh Donaldson's comments, is that he wants to be respected for his craft above everything else. And I really do think that this adds to that lore because, yeah, maybe he was using more sticky stuff than most, and maybe it had a bigger impact for him than it did for other pitchers, but he clearly has gotten over it, which proves to me that above all, the guy knows how to pitch and he can pitch better than any of us in this room, obviously, and better than 99% of his colleagues. So that's what's really impressed me the most about him is that he took the disrespect and instead of moping around and trying to you know, push against people's criticism, He recognized that the criticism was somewhat valid because, let's face it, we can all see the numerical impact of the sticky stuff. All you need to do is look at spin rate. But he took that as motivation, took a couple weeks to reevaluate what he was doing and adjust and adapt and evolve to the new rules. And he seems to have done that better than 
most other pitchers. I mean, look at James Karinchak, the reliever for the Cleveland baseball team, who was literally the best guy out of the bull- any bullpen in the first half of the season, and now he's in AAA because his spin rates have gone way down. So it's just a testament to Garrett Cole's whole demeanor and his professionalism and obviously his skills. Yeah, I think he was just putting that in the difficult situation of being the face of the stars whose performance, you know, came down after the sticky stuff uh, regulations uh, were put in place. Um, And he just couldn't, I mean, let's be honest, like nobody can come in at a press conference and say, yeah, this is going to affect me, but I need some time to figure it out. And after I'll figure it out, it'll be fine. We all knew that was a situation with him and with, you know, different pitchers with Karinczak is taking longer, obviously, than Cole. There are different types of pitchers. There's different, you know, differences between one pitcher and the next. But he was put in, the, in a situation where he had to respond as the main face of aces or starting pitchers. Maybe because he had just signed this huge contract with the Yankees while the other aces were like Max Scherzer were, you know, in their team where they have been. And he, he figured it out, you know, as as I think most of the Yankee fans expected. You know, he took a little uh, time, a couple starts. He got hit a couple times too, but he figured it out and he's back to the great pitcher that he is. I'm sure we'll be talking about the white whale for the rest of the season and for seasons to come. So I actually do want to move on to previewing the upcoming series with the Orioles. But before we do that, welcome once again to NYY Takes. If you have opinions on the Yankees and you want to hear them on the internet, please don't be shy. Raise your hand. We will give you the opportunity to express your opinion about the team. And if you have any friends who want to talk about the Yankees with us either today or in our upcoming rooms, please tell them to download Clubhouse, join our Yankees room at 11 a.m. Eastern time every Thursday. We've had a lot of fun doing this and we're going to continue it for the rest of the season and into the offseason as well. Moving on to previewing the Orioles, three games with the Orioles starting tonight and then four games with the Blue Jays in the middle of next week. The pitching matchup for tomorrow is Nestor Cortez against John Means. On Saturday, Jordan Montgomery against Ellis for the Orioles. And on Sunday, Corey Kluber against Aiken. How do we feel about the Yankees against the Orioles? I honestly won't be satisfied unless it's a sweep because that's what the Rays do and we got to keep up with the Rays right now. But I'm interested to see what everyone else thinks about your expectations for this upcoming series. The way I'm looking at it is we're hoping for a sweep. That's my prediction. And get the other teams to lose. I mean, we should beat Baltimore. I don't see why. But... uh... Look, all I want is to win and to cut the deficit and to gain more ground in the wild card, try to take the lead over and try to cut the deficit with Tampa. That's my prediction. And thank you, guys. Yeah, so the it you, we brought up Tampa. And, and, I mean, the difference in this season is really Tampa being 18-1 against the Baltimore Orioles. And the Yankees are somewhere around the 500 mark or something, or like two games over, three games over against them. So you need to take advantage of the times that you are playing them. And, and luckily the Yankees, as, as we just spoke about, have Garrett Cole and were able to take the last game of that series against the Angels last night. And now it's an opportunity to start another streak. You have seven home games, obviously three against Baltimore. And, you know, like Kassem said, like, like Toe echoed, I won't be satisfied unless it's a sweep. Sweeping any team is unre- unrealistic, but, you know, 
when your counterpart in the division seems to do it with relative ease and you view yourself as, as the better team, you should be able to do the same thing. And it's also an opportunity to start a, another streak um, because, you know, if you win three against Baltimore, it's four in a row. And then you have four at home against Toronto. And that's a chance to kind of bury Toronto this season. And then you're over the weekend playing the Mets. It's a pretty good opportunity here to, you know, start ripping off a couple more wins. And, you know, the end of that West Coast trip was definitely a little tough. They probably, I imagine there's like some big emotional drop off when you snap a 13 game winning streak and you're on the West Coast and you've been traveling for, you know, an, an incredibly long time. So this is a new opportunity to reset. They're at home, get back to their winning ways and, you got to view this series also as an opportunity to give the bullpen some rest, get out to leads early and just hand it off to guys in the back end that, you know, aren't those high leverage relievers. Because as we spoke about earlier, it's been so much Loisega, Green and Chavin that they got to get. Around. So they've uh, the Yankees play. First of all, they play a lot better at home than they do on the road. So that's, uh, you know, good point one uh, against the Orioles. They've you know, they've won two out of three every series aside from one four game series where they split. But, you know, earlier in the season, Baltimore was playing a lot better and the Yankees weren't playing so well. So right now with the Yankees playing a lot better baseball and the Orioles playing abysmal baseball, the Yankees really do need to sweep, even though they don't have Cole going. They, they really need to sweep Baltimore and hope that, you know, that Tampa and Boston, you know, at, at least lose one and hopefully two against those those other teams, even though they're playing pretty bad teams, too. But I think it's looking good for the Yankees just based on being at home, playing better baseball against a team playing terrible baseball right now. Yeah, I think realistically they'll take three or four. I mean, a, a sweep would be glorious, but, you know, the Orioles probably will squeak one out. You know, it's funny. Whenever I see the Yankees play the Orioles, I just... I just have flashbacks to 2019 uh, when Glaber was just hitting moonshots at Camden Yards nonstop. And, you know, I, I just wish that was the Glaber that we had this year as well. He's he's nearing a return and it, nothing would be better than watching Glaber, you know, hit four home runs in two days against against the Orioles. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's the if not the perfect setup it's one of the easiest rival you can probably face to try to start a streak it's a good scenario for glaver coming up uh coming back from his injury and it's because uh, he's traditionally hit the orioles and it's also uh, a weak opponent or a weak lineup to get kluber straight in that uh last game uh or to keep building you know work on kluber towards his optimal uh, uh form but I think the the scene is set. There is your opportunity to start a winning streak and might as well take it. If the Orioles quit one, fine, move on, win the next game. But you you got to pile up wins from now on, like you mentioned before. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And the good news is that the Yankees are slowly getting healthier. Zach Britton is pretty much done for the year, but Glaber Torres is expected to return tomorrow night still lineup so we had a conversation about what we're going to do with the infield situation once Glaber comes back and it seems pretty clear that he's going to go right back to the starting shortstop Velasquez will be on the bench and Boone did confirm that Velasquez will remain with the team when Glaber comes back and they can do this because of the expanded roster so Florial was called up yesterday I expect him to go back down and we're going to have both Tyler Wade and Andrew Velasquez on the bench for the rest of September. One other thing I did want to mention about the Orioles is that their current record is 41 and 91. 
33 and a half games out of the wild card, 42 and a half games out of the division. And the funny part on MLB.com standings page is they have a magic number for all the teams now, and the Orioles don't have a number. They have the letter E because they're eliminated. So this team has really nothing to play for except development and spoiling other teams' chances. And if they hurt the Yankees' chances by even one game, this weekend, I don't think I'll be satisfied with the Yankees. Yeah, it's simply sweep or bust. I think this weekend is a very good shot for the Yankees' bats to, like, pop off, I think, with bad pitching on the other end. And um, obviously somebody mentioned, I think, mentioned Kluber getting back to form. This is the perfect series to get back to form. I did think about that uh, last start against the Angels. He looked fantastic through three innings, and I know he—I know he had a bad inning. To, uh, and got booted out of the game, but it's important for the Yankees to be able to stretch him and get him his body acclimated back to big league starts by throwing as many pitches as possible. I get why they kept him in. I know, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's just to keep him healthy and acclimated for September. I think he's going to have a big start this week. I'd say like six innings, probably give up one run. This is the perfect series to get the bats rolling. I'm hoping to God that Joey Gallo gets going because I think, like, I've been waiting. I think he's going to have a big September because he's due. I'm still all in on Gallo. I believe that a lot of Yankee fans are. Uh, There's obviously, you know, two sides of the spectrum to Yankee fans. Very reactionary or very level-headed. I'd say I'm going to stick with the um, Joey Gallo still good. I think he's going to have a big September. I think this is the perfect series to get him started and rolling. they got to keep Stan and Voight in the lineup. Stan, Voight, and Rizzo in the lineup at all times. Keep Stan in the outfield. Because Stan plays better when he's in the outfield. He's His body's loose. He gets to run around. He doesn't sit on the bench and wither away. His mind is engaged in the game at all times. And that leads to him having much, much, much better at-bats. And just... It enables us to have Voight in the lineup, who is one of the most dangerous bats in our in our team. Genuine question, actually, for Toe and Coles. What would your thoughts be, given extra roster expansion for this month, what would your thoughts be on potentially testing out a six-man rotation and providing Luis Heal with an opportunity to prove himself for the playoffs? There's no point in doing that. Like He's not going to be a playoff starter no matter what. The best you can hope from him really is to be a multi-inning fireman type of reliever. Six-man rotation to me would only be used to give like a guy like Cole an extra day of rest or something like that. But there's really no point in changing up something that seems to be seems to have been working for the past couple of months. So I don't like that idea personally. And the Yankees have been testing out heel in a piggyback type of situation or at least um, coming into the game after an opener in AAA over the past week or so. So I'd like to see how he reacts to that, how he might react to a shorter length of appearance, maybe two innings. But the six-man rotation, especially something, especially also since the piggyback thing seems to be a thing, I don't really see the utility in adding yet another layer of complexity to the pitching situation. Yeah, so Toe was talking about piggybacking. I, I agree that Heal will be a part of the team in September, but I think what the Yankees are going to be focusing on in September is learning how to piggyback properly because the way they tried it in Anaheim failed in that. They probably should have pulled Kluber earlier. They brought Heaney in and he immediately faced Otani and gave up a homer. And, and I'm fine with them trying it out in September so that, you know, it, come playoff time, they are kind of able to um, – 
figure out how, how to better employ it and, and deploy it. So I, I think with heel, like Toe said, you might see him in that piggyback role. And I'd be more inclined to see him get reps that way than just get a standalone start, because I think the Yankees are going to be using that piggyback strategy in the playoffs. And I want them to be as prepared as possible to make the right decisions when it comes to bullpen management and, and when to, you know, change the starters or anything. Does Heaney even make the postseason roster? What do we do with Heaney? I mean, at the rate he's giving up home runs, I hope to God not. <laughs> That's I mean, the literally the only the thing I can say about that. Back. I mean, if he gives up home runs and you bring him against the, against the home run leader, um, come on. I mean, you got to bring him against people who doesn't hit home runs since you're going to use him. But yeah, uh, if it's in, if it's like uh, I heard a phrase uh, a couple of weeks ago, if it's in Mars, it's fine to me. I don't like Heaney. Andrew Heaney was a nice experiment. He really wasn't much in LA, and to, for what Cashman was trying to do and try to find a fill-in role with like a nice lefty to comedy, you know, to kind of fill in with Montgomery there. Um, he is really, really, really bad. It's laughable how bad he is he throws meatballs he throws batting practice out there and um if that guy is on the playoff roster i'm gonna be scared because he should not be stepping foot on a mound in the postseason i know that'd be harsh but that's just uh my two cents with andrew Heaney. i'd rather gamble with hill than with him in the postseason boils down to 100 percent. every time you first guess an acquisition and that first guess actually comes to fruition, I would say maybe cut your losses and don't put the guy in the playoff roster. So I think we are going to wrap right there. Before everyone goes, thank you so much for joining us today. We do this every Thursday on MLB on CH. We run a room just about the Yankees. It's called MYY Takes. My name is Cameron Toe. I am the co-founder of Standing Room Only, a baseball media venture. You can see in the follow by the speaker section, there's the SRO icon. Click on that. It links out to our socials on Twitter and Instagram. Throw us a follow. Coles, where can the people find you? Yeah, so you can give um, Pinstripe Perspective a follow on Twitter at Pinstripe Purse. So that's just the word Pinstripe and then P-E-R-S. I do a daily Yankees podcast breaking down games, giving my opinion just on pertinent topics. Um, it's called the Pinstripe Perspective Podcast. It's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me personally on Twitter at rcoles0206. That's R-C-O-L-E-S-0206 as well. I tweet about the Yankees probably a little bit too much. But yeah, appreciate everyone being here today. This is always a ton of fun. Speaking of the Pinstripe Perspective podcast, like I've been saying, these rooms are posted in their entirety with some light editing every Friday morning. So if you want to hear your voice talking about the Yankees, if you want to get your friends involved, Please tell them to download Clubhouse. Please tell them to join us every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We talk Yankees on NYY Takes. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Have a great rest of your day.